Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Well, here at Grace Harvest Church, we have been on a journey the last couple weeks called Hope Has Come. And it's the idea that Jesus is hope and that his arrival changed everything. I want to I jump on that, off that tonight, and, and talk about that Jesus is hope. Jesus is the gift of hope and the gift that arrived in the night. And I, I want to start with the idea, you know, we talked about hope as being central to the idea of the human condition. Like it's necessary for us to believe that there is something better, right? Amen? Like that tomorrow can be better, that around the corner it can be better, that when we read through scripture that God is a God who keeps his promises and that he is faithful, amen? And so when we think about this idea about hope, uh, two things that we are actually talking about, the gift of Jesus Christ to us and that, that, that which with he embodies, which is hope. And so we're going to talk about that and the power of that in our lives. And so um, I want to share with you, though, something from, um, how many of you guys are familiar with Peanuts, the comic strip? Charles Schultz uh, highlighted the importance of hope in one of his comic strips. Lucy and Linus were sitting in front of the television set when Lucy said to Linus, go get me a glass of water. Linus looked surprised. Why should I do anything for you? You never do anything for me. Well, on your 75th birthday, Lucy promised, I'll bake you a cake. (laughs) Linus got up and headed to the kitchen and said, life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. (laughs) Christmas. The arrival of Jesus on the scene to the world. The gift of God to us as the ultimate sacrifice and the display of love. I want to read uh, the verses that we're all familiar with, many of us might be familiar with, from Luke chapter 2. And then we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 1. And I want to set the narrative that we're talking about. And so in Luke chapter 2, verse 4, and carried on through, it says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee... From the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. 
When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the idea about where these prophetic posts had come from. The the prophet Isaiah, 740 years uh, before the birth of Christ, is the prophet that had foretold the arrival of Messiah more than any other prophet. And that he spoke these things that would be fulfilled. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. I feel like I should give you some context to to, to the words that Isaiah is saying that we so often quote about the arrival of the Messiah. And so here it is, the narrative. This was in the, in the time of the nation of Judah that was being ruled by King Ahaz, who was a, a wicked king, did not honor God, did not follow God, but yet welcomed the prophet of God into his council, n- never to listen or to obey him. And, and it was a time that the nation of Syria was laying siege to the nation of Judah, and, and during this time, King Ahaz was cutting backroom deals with the nation of Assyria to enslave the people of his land. And so he did not honor God or follow him, and he did not want to hear from God. In fact, right before this, Isaiah tells King Ahaz, ask of God, ask him. Ask him what's going to happen about this time and this siege and this doom that you're seeing. And, and King Ahaz says, I'm not going to ask of God. And Ahaz was not that he wasn't going to ask of God and test God. He didn't want to listen to what God would say. Because how many of you know, and this is true in our time today, that when the Lord speaks to you, you have to then do something with it, right? And this was the position of King Ahaz. So the Lord speaks to Isaiah and says, I got something. He's not going to ask of me. I got something for him. This is about this time I'm going to speak to him. And then that's where we get chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. Now, we're kind of scratching our heads today, this idea like, what would that mean to King Ahaz? Well, in a nutshell, it meant this. God telling the nation of Judah, my plans with you as a nation are not done. And what you see before you and around you, don't fear because it's going to come to nothing. And I know everything about you. And it was a foretelling that the Messiah was going to come through the house of Judah and the lineage of David. And Isaiah was speaking that forth. Significant. Yeshua means God brings salvation. Now, we're talking about Jesus' hope. 
There's nothing that can bring us down quicker than the absence of hope. Sometimes people's lives and sometimes our perspective can be like a roller coaster, right? It's like one minute you're good and then I'm going to conquer the world. And, and then we get news and then something happens or, or maybe just a, a sense. And, and the next thing we know, we're, well, if I make it, I'm going to conquer the world. If I make it, I'm going to conquer the world. If this thing happens, I'm going to conquer the world. If that thing happens, I mean, this is the human condition that we find ourselves in. It's easy to lose hope. Emmanuel, God with us, the, the prophesied one named Jesus, who is hope. It's easy to, lo- to lose hope as well when you look around the world and see everything that is happening in our present time. It's easy to ask the question, where is God? But I believe that Christmas answers that question. It's the ability to speak words of hope into the most hopeless of situations. These words that the angels said to the shepherds gave the gift of hope to a people that had felt forgotten by God. You know, so in this series the last couple weeks, I've been kind of mining the idea of the present time of Israel and the correlation about his arrival on the scene to a people he had been promised to for 700 years. They were waiting on the cusp of his arrival, looking around, waiting. Are are you our deliverer? Are you our deliverer? Maybe, maybe, Maybe he's our deliverer. If you you read any of the the writings or know about history of the times, you know that messiahs popped up. And they constantly looked, and they looked for particular traits about how they interpreted messiahs to be because of their present time. I just want to unpack that a little bit because I think that oftentimes we share in our present day some of the same feelings and senses that even... The ancient Israelites did. One word, abandoned. When I have conversations with people and I'm thinking about even when I used to be the youth pastor here, I would talk with young people about their family situations, about certain things happening and and a present thought would continue to move through conversations, even, even today. People asking, where is God? What has happened? How can he allow this to happen? Why do I feel alone? Well, I believe that the Christmas season is a reminder for us to reflect that the gift of hope is for all who feel abandoned. All who feel like the Lord is not present. The hope of the Messiah is what kept the nation of Israel going then. One day, our deliverer will come. One day, our deliverer will come. We will no longer be enslaved by the Romans. We will be a people who can self-govern. Despite being able to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple, the people of Israel had only enjoyed about a century of not being ruled by a Gentile nation. They were a burdened people. And during this time, Under the Roman rule, they had heavy taxation, and the Romans were brutal to the nation. The people of Israel seemed to resent the Romans 
more than any other group. If you read writings about their enslavement or, or, or the people who had conquered nations, there are more writings about the Romans and their treatment of the nation of Israel than any other in that time or the time leading up to that. God hadn't spoke to the nation of Israel for more than 400 years. These were people of God, but they were, there was a silent time where they hadn't heard anything. They'd go to the temple, the priests would go in, no new message from the Lord. 400 years. Maybe, maybe their disobedience had carried them too far. But alas, Christmas announces that God had not forgotten his people, amen? The Messiah was on the scene and that he had never stopped working on their behalf. God is faithful. God is faithful to his people then. God is faithful to his people now. God is constantly working behind the scenes even when you don't see him at work, amen? Come on. He is working for your benefit. And when we face difficulties in our lives, it's easy to wonder if God has abandoned us. But I'm going to tell you, that's a time when I hear conversations come up about, what have I done wrong? For some reason, we often equate silence from God or bad things happening because we have done something wrong. But, but we got to understand some context about what it means to, to live the Christian life. And in James chapter 1, verse 2, James writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. You see, it's God's desire that you would grow to know him more and more, even in adversity. That you would understand that you were not alone. That, that the God of hope and peace is your gift. It's your gift that arrived in the night and that was presented to a group called the shepherds who were an outcast people some of the lowest in societal rankings, that the message of the gospel of good news was delivered to the loneliest and the outcast. Think about this. Think about in our time. Who would that be? If the Lord gave his message to the shepherds, who, who would be the people that he would appear to the humblest, the, the lowest the ones who understood their place and, and lived in it and gave him, them the most joyful message. Greetings. The message I'm about to give you is the greatest of news for all people. And this is the sign that you're going to see. Go that way. And you're going to find a baby wrapped up. And that is going to be the fulfillment of everything you know about the nation of Israel's longings. I, I love the idea that he spoke to the shepherds because it reminds me, Scripture says that 
his glory shone round about them. And it was a reminder that God's presence is with humanity. Amen? It's a gift of hope for those who feel unworthy of God's love. Unworthy. Oftentimes, the human condition presents many opportunities for us to feel unworthy of his love. The answer is Christmas, the arrival of Jesus. God is telling you that he loves you despite of yourself. Scripture says that while you were an enemy of God, didn't know him, he first loved you. Considering Israel's history, it it would have been easy for them to believe that God had simply given up on them. 400 years is a long time. The people probably wondered if God had finally had had enough because of their disobedience. Were his promises empty? When God chose to announce the birth of his son to a group of shepherds, he chose those who were despised and looked down upon society. I came across a, a quote about, about shepherds from Warren Wiersbe, who wrote many commentaries and was a prolific Christian author. He says, shepherds are not easily fooled. They are practical men of the world who have little to do with fantasy. If they said that they saw angels and went and found the Messiah, then you could believe them. There was something about the authenticity and the ability to believe through the messenger. These shepherds were stirred. It said they immediately talked amongst itself and then immediately went to go see what it was. The message of Christmas is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. In fact, that he will continue to love us regardless where we are in life. It's all about Jesus. He is the hope giver. You see, it's, it's easy to look back on the course of our life and to add it up and to evaluate and to make a list and then dwell on our mistakes. It's easy then to take that list and to equate it to an almighty God in a way that we would view God and how he should love and then try to, to weigh that with which that He's gone. Where is he? He's left me. But the truth is, is that the Christmas story is the other way, and it's the opposite. It's that God loves us, made a way to forgive us, and that he already knew. He already knew who you were, who you are, and who you will be. And he still loves you. When the angel made the announcement He said that it would be a good news for all people. The actual word that was translated through our scriptures is evangelizo, which means to preach or announce. He was announcing the good news. It was good news because Jesus came into the world not as just a Jewish savior for for Jewish people, but a savior for all people, even the Gentiles. It was for the whole world. This message wasn't just for them. It was for us as well. And, 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 and you know, if you were to look at a globe or, or a map and you were to find the nation of Israel and then just try to spin the globe or find us, we would be about as far away from Jerusalem as you could get. The other side of the world. Thank you, God, 
for the good news. It's a gift of hope that gives us hope that God's grace is greater than our past and our future mistakes. When God announced the birth of the Savior, his message was that he was aware of our situation and he still loved us and was working on our behalf. This was the good news of great joy. They rejoiced and praised God. The message was that God's grace was greater than man's sin. Amen? God did exactly what was necessary to make a way for our sin on our behalf that we could be forgiven. We've been given hope that God has not abandoned us or forgotten us. That he abides with us, that he made a way that Jesus in his resurrection, he's alive and makes intercession for us now. The power of the resurrection, the same power that raised him from the dead dwells in us as believers. This is the hope of the gospel that Christmas broke the silence. 400 years came to an end that the promise of the arrival of the Messiah and the answer to their spiritual struggles had arrived. The Messiah came just not in the way that they had been searching for. Where they had been looking for a warrior, they got a baby. But Mary knew. The shepherds knew. They knew when they heard his name, Jesus for he would save people from their sins. God was there and he loves his people. God is here. He's not indifferent, indifferent toward us. His presence is near and with us. And this is going back to the idea I opened two weeks ago about the idea that perspective and the idea of hope has to have an effect. It does have an effect. When we begin to understand who Jesus is and the way that he provides, it begins to change our outlook and our actions. Amen? Amen. Jesus' arrival changed anything and changed everything. In 2 Peter 3 verse 9, says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understood slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, the arrival of Jesus, Mary said, his name will be Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. To make a way, to bring transformation, that people would understand that God with us is a real thing today, that we abide and we walk in it. It has a transformative effect on us, that we would be molded and shaped into the image of Christ, God character. Jesus came into the world to restore the relationship that man had once enjoyed with God, but the relationship that was destroyed by sin. Christmas gives us assurance that God was willing to go to extreme lengths to show us that relationship would be restored. He sent his son. He was the answer. Jesus was the Messiah, and he would exceed all expectations of all the people. 
In John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3, says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Christmas is the promise that we will one day be in his presence together. His desire is that we would abide here and that one day when he returns, we will be in his presence in our, in our bodies. We'll be resurrected to life with him. You see, Ralph Sockman writes this about the events that took place that first Christmas. The hinge of history is on the door of a Bethlehem stable. The angel announced that the greatest event of history had just occurred. The Messiah had been born. For years, the people of Israel had anticipated this day and it finally happened. Who were the first to hear? A group of humble shepherds. The good news about Jesus is that he comes to all types of people, including the plain, the ordinary, and the outcasts of society. He comes to anyone who is willing to humble themselves and to open their hearts to accept him. Whoever we are, whatever we do, we can have Jesus in our life. We do not need any extraordinary qualifications. Jesus accepts us as just the way we are. Jesus is hope. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Son of God, love's pure.
pray with me? Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather here tonight. Lord, I pray that your peace and your presence would be with each and every person, Lord God, as they go about their plans, friends and family, however they would celebrate, Lord. Lord, that you would be central in our hearts and minds, that you would keep people safe as they travel, whatever their plans. In Jesus' name, we worship you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Amen.